That's an interesting thing about astronomy, though, right? We're talking about the realm of the universe, uh -huh. right? Just these enormous spatial scales, but then we care about the things that are smaller than what we can see, right? The the role that quantum mechanics plays in making the 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 spectrum of the different colors of things that we see, and then at the same time, it covers all the scales of the universe. I just thought of a good meme for you. My son's on the spectrum, but it's a sun. <laughs> <laughs> Talking to people about dark matter and neutrinos can be funny. Surely you're joking. Hopefully, yes. What a wonderful universe. Welcome to Surely You're Joking. I'm your host, Dr. Kevin Peter Hickerson. Tonight we are in the world-famous Hollywood Improv, the number one comedy club in the world. And we have two guests today. We have a comedian guest and a science guest, which is always the most fun way to do this show. Um, a very funny guy. He's performing uh, here in L.A., but he normally lives in New York. Uh, he's hilarious. And uh, his name is Richard uh, Chasler. Hey, Richard. How's hey, it going? Hey, how you doing, Kev? Good. Thanks good. for having thanks me. For, thanks for being on the show. And the science guest tonight is a friend of mine. We went to school together at Caltech. Uh, later, he went to UCLA, but not when, at the same time I was there. But, you know, we have that in common. It's like a thing. Uh, really great guy. He works on the Kepler telescope, space telescope, looks for exoplanets. We're going to talk all about that. Uh, Peter Plafchen, how's it going? Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for coming out. You also do not live in LA, so you guys are both like guests of fortune, I guess you could say, like because you're in Missouri, right? Yeah, you're I'm in one of the flyover states. Yeah, <laughs> I actually am here now, believe it or not. Oh, well, I know you staying. didn't know that. No, I'm here. I didn't. Oh, yeah, that's I'm, great. I'm here full time. I actually lost my apartment in New York. Oh. Uh, in a rent stabilization war with my landlord. When oh, they wow. sent a detective to find out that I actually had a residence here in Los Angeles as well. Uh, and that's that, the loophole I, right well, there. Well, the loophole to have a rent-stabilized <laughs> apartment in Manhattan is that it has to be your primary residence, so you have to be registered to vote and pay your taxes in New York City. Mm -hmm. Also, it has to be where you live the majority of the year. So if you have three houses or four houses, you have to spend more time at that residence than any other residents. I had a similar thing uh, with uh, buying a cabin for um, for a family member, and uh, the rules of the cabin, it was in the Angeles Forest, which is now the Angeles National Monument. Mm -hmm. Obama made it a national monument. So you can't uh, you can't buy it to live. That's like not an option. So you, you can't come in and live there, even though that's exactly what everybody does. You have to have like a permanent residence. So usually Absolutely. it's like somebody buys it for you and then they pay you. But... I didn't buy it anyway because I'm not made of money. I can't do That's that. That's also, what are they, there's a word for that. I'm trying to remember what it is. Oh, yeah, bank fraud. <laughs> Just for the record, if the bank ever decided to find out who lived in that house, uh, by the way, yeah. <laughs> the statute of limitations on that felony begins at the point of discovery, uh -huh. not well, at the point of the infraction. I think this week has taught us that you know, committing a few felonies here and there isn't exactly going to ruin your life. You know, it's just a matter of this week. The rapist. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's pretty bad. Too. Yeah. What? Well, well, I don't know where he was. going. Oh, that was, that was actually my first Hillary joke. I actually like Hillary, but right. that was my Hillary joke right there. I'm not going to do any more tonight. That's oh, it. Hillary. Yeah. You know, sorry. again, prove them first. Then I'm on board. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an innocent. Believe it or not. I know it sounds crazy. I was actually born in 1965. I missed Baby Boomer by a year, but I still was born in um, 
the time of logical thinking. <laughs> yeah. And I, that's weird. What's that I, like? I, it's, it's a crazy, <laughs> crazy concept of actually like listening and weighing somebody's, you know, a cohesive argument about something, not just their uh, opinion, but something uh, based on facts. So you, you have this like sort of old fashioned notion that uh, if you commit a crime, you, you should be innocent until proven guilty. Instead first of, of all, just like, if I you, heard it on Twitter. Or if something. you're accused mm-hmm. of committing a crime, mm-hmm. not if you commit a crime, because none of us were there. Mm-hmm. So nobody knows what she did. So if you're accused of committing a crime, I believe you are innocent until proven guilty. Even if it has a hashtag that goes along with it? Well, I, when the founding fathers structured the judicial <laughs> system, they did it so that, and the brilliance of the Constitution, is that it's a totally changeable document. Mm-hmm. And you know, it can be it, updated to include hashtags. It certainly could necessary. be, though I see no place for a hashtag. <laughs> In a, legal, I, in a legal argument. I want to see like like an old style calligraphy hashtag. You know, wouldn't oh, that be yeah, great like on a, a parchment? Like a musical treble yeah. clap or something <laughs> He's got like, like that. Like little curly cues. And <laughs> that would be awesome. Hey, science guy, what's the chemical breakdown of hash? <laughs> Just jumping right Definitely into it. Definitely not a chemist. <laughs> I would have no idea on that Excuse one. me. He said science guy. That's yeah. <laughs> supposed to be able to cover all the bases dude. there. That's pretty all-encompassing. <laughs> You're the guy who's doing my homework, so, you know, uh, <clears throat> I'd still need to know. All right, but you do work on the Kepler Space Telescope, and we had a guest recently that talked about it, but you have been working on it and you post amazing things on it. How many planets do you personally take credit for? Well, I've been on a number of papers I've reported discoveries of planets, but mm-hmm. with the Kepler mission, I've focused more on the ensemble approach, not looking at any individual planet discoveries. Okay. Right? There's, like so many, there's so many now. There's over 3,000 of them. Who cares if you find one? <laughs> right? That's, that's not what's important anymore. Yeah, we covered that on, on uh, the other yeah, episode. That's, that's 20 years old. Wait, because like, you're going to speak and blow my mind because, I'm like I said, I'm a guy who actually loves information. So is that true, I guess, maybe because of the Hubble telescope and other means of exploring space? We've discovered so many planets in a shorter period of time recently that discovering planets isn't really like a big to-do anymore? Yeah, that's pretty much right. I mean, But not the, Hubble, the, though. Not that part. you got to set me straight on that yeah, one. Yeah, set me straight on, if, if not Hubble, what is the instrument or instruments or methods that we've discovered those 3,000 or so? Right, so mainly that was with Kepler. There's two main techniques that are used to find most of the planets around other stars. Oh, this is going to be good. This is the transit <laughs> method. I'm about to get a science bonus. Which is like, <laughs> which is like an eclipse when... Uh, the planet passes in front of the star with respect to your line of sight. And like it causes we just a had, dip in brightness. Yeah, we just had one with Mercury. Mercury, passed in front that's of the right. Sun, what, about a month ago. Right. The Venus one won't be around for another hundred or something years. Right, but those are solar eclipses you're describing. Right. So that's our sun. We're talking about planets passing in front of other stars. Wait, no, no, no. His is transit. Transit's different than an eclipse. So an eclipse is when the moon is so big, it blocks it. A transit is when it's smaller so it's just a little dot it gets like slightly less bright so you can't even tell let's not get into a semantic argument here. oh that's what we're here for man. <laughs> no that's i don't find that uh well no but uh, i don't want to brag generally, but <laughs> generally speaking it doesn't mean so when you have mercury passing in front of the sun even though it's not blocking the whole sun it's still called the transit of mercury or it could still be called the eclipse of mercury generally oh, okay. eclipses well, right. are referring to stuff that happened for our own sun 
And transits are typically other planets or on other stars. Oh, oh fucking okay. scientists just okay. finding ways to use more words. <laughs> That's like 99%. That is 99% of it, right? It's such, I know. There's such it's a lot of jargon. And mirrors. <laughs> Man, or should... should I say fumes and reflective objects? <laughs> You should see a group of scientists. I've been I've been to a meeting Where's called Owen? A, a long range planning meeting right. where it's scientists trying to phrase a letter to Congress. And it's just like call me. It took like three hours to write like one paragraph. Well, call me, I got you covered on this one. And <laughs> yeah. by the way, I know lots of lots of polysyllabs. I got you guys covered. Okay, so these transits, you see a whole bunch of them, right? Yeah, thousands. Thousands. And they're just kind of boring at this point. Uh, it depends on what you're interested in. For me okay. personally, I'm more about the, the ensemble analysis of. What does that mean? I I know what an ensemble is, but what is ensemble analysis? Well, so of for example, yeah, we have stuff around other stars that's unlike anything in our solar system, like these hot Jupiters, mm-hmm. right? We have Kepler's. So what's a hot Jupiter? So a hot what's Jupiter is a planet the size of Jupiter, anywhere from one to ten times as massive, uh, or so. It's and it sounds like. A West Hollywood dance club. We gotta be Hot honest. Jupiter? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's right next to the manhole on Santa Monica and Larrabee. Um, Kepler, you talked about Kepler and we talked about Hubble. And you said there's basically two methods of viewing. And are those two telescopes that have different ways of looking at things? Because... Well, so the other one's actually primarily done from the ground, not using Hubble. It's actually... And that would be Kepler. No, well, Kepler is the one that's in space. Okay. And that's primarily doing the transit method. But it's like specially designed to look... It's specially designed, yeah. dedicated to that. Hubble's more of a general oh, so purpose. It, so telescope. the lens is on the Kepler telescope. Is it a telescope? Yeah, it's a So telescope. it's called the Kepler telescope. That's right. I ask with question. You see there's inquisition in his <laughs> tone of voice. Um, so then the Kepler telescope, the lenses are designed specifically to see like moving light or moving shadow or... That's right. The whole telescope was optimized to detect changes in brightness down okay, to like so 10 parts per, bil- <clears throat> per million. There you oh, go. Wow. Look at that, huh? Not too bad. Nice. I just took an IQ test online the other day 131 it said of course the guy who gave it no I'm just kidding um, it was on Facebook what it's accurate and then Hubble on the other hand is probably more omnidirectional with more multi-dynamic potential well in some <laughs> sense sounded good right it come on came dude. across come pretty on, well well actually Kepler Kepler did spend four years staring at the same two constellations oh, hey Owen's excellent. here okay What's up, Owen? Take a seat. You look stressed, man. Yeah. You stressed? Okay. I'm good, though. So, Owen, this is Peter Flafton. Hey, nice to meet you. Flafton, nice this is Owen Benjamin. Hey, man. Good to be here. All right. Yeah, Peter so works so on Kepler, and we're just catching up on oh, nice. the difference between Kepler, which we talked a lot about with Jesse, and yes. Hubble, or just a pair of really good binoculars. Actually, at the first transiting planet was found in a parking lot of a store with a four-inch telescope. Really? Yeah, well, really. it was cold outside. It can get up to a seven-inch telescope. <laughs> <laughs> but like, how did they find? How did they do that with a four-inch telescope? Well, it, the secret was having the right camera and the right software. Hmm. What That's year was this? Kind of the secret to 98? like everything. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's like <laughs> yeah. That's the wow. secret to dating, so, too. So next time you go to Toys R Us and see one of those four-inch telescopes, and you just remember, that person did that in the back parking lot, found the first exoplanet that transited, and it could have been you. What do you think is more important uh, between hardware and software for the future of space exploration? 
for a future space exploration. Like, well, man, visually, mm-hmm. like when I'm visually. talking, yeah, just with astronomy. Well, hardware because it costs the most, right? I mean, software costs money too, right? Uh, but it's a lot cheaper than hardware. Speaking of hardware and software, the right software, the the camera in an iPhone is amazing. And if you take, I follow somebody on Twitter, and I'll put a shout out to them at some point, but he's been posting these photos and he's using a technique I tried to do like 10 years ago, but there's this, now it's just software you can download. It takes a blurry image of a planet and it just looks for the most stable part of the image. So, so the big problem with looking at planets on earth is that the, the air above you like wiggles. So it makes it a little difficult to see even like the planet Mars or something because there's all this atmosphere. It's called seeing. Yeah, we hate that uh, yeah. nursery rhyme, twinkle, twinkle, little star, because it's right. very inaccurate. Right. But you guys <laughs> probably, like all of us, are big fans of breathing. Yeah. <laughs> so the the, the, makes the the ripple effect. Yeah. <laughs> so with a regular telescope, just a regular backyard telescope, you can couple it to an iPhone. And because the iPhone camera is small, that actually makes it like better at looking at planets. And really? it's such a high quality camera that you can take. So this guy's been posting these pictures of Saturn and, and Mars because Mars is at its closest for the first time in a decade. And the, the, like, the picture is just a little bit worse than the one from Hubble. It's amazing. It's like he, he uses the software and he showed like before and after so before any one frame it's all blurry and whatever but it just it wait the software looks for like the that one glorious moment where it's still and then it pieces those all together we call that lucky imaging lucky (laughs) you're waiting for your telescope to get lucky yeah that's cool it's almost like that one uh algorithms documentary that that we both watched cab where it's like how they sense where your face is Where your face is? Yeah, you know, like facial the little, recognition the, the, like, Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It's just like, because like, they're just looking for a pattern. I saw something mm-hmm. on that, and they were talking about the algorithms they use in like, facial recognition software. I was yeah. also on the Discovery Channel. And they were saying that the software thinks for itself in terms of size and depth, and it looks for constants. That was the word they kept using, that the software keeps looking for constants. Right. That's how it determines like a nose size. There's a constant in like in people, like in terms of how it's pushed in or how it's pushed out or the size of a nostril. Right. It's almost like handwriting experts where it's like they're looking for like a certain loop around some. Yeah. I, I did handwriting recognition 15 years ago. Got a patent on it. Really? If you had a toy store, it would be called Toys R I. <laughs> you selfish fuck. <laughs> Just waiting for Hickerson to uh, reveal an Achilles heel, and that's when he God explains to us. I love that. Oh my God. That's he, like going to give his best term for how I talk. Yeah, because the way you talk isn't sexist, but it's narcissistic. Yeah. It's so it's God explaining. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not like you are doing anything different to any gender. You're just like talking to us all like you created us. Yeah, I told uh, I told my wife about. <laughs> he has no idea he's doing I, it. I told. No, I know. I know. Oh, People you do? keep telling me. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, my, I told my wife about that. He came out of the term. She's like, this term's great. I love it. It's so explain. And she's like, you're so narcissistic. Like, she just rolled her eyes. That Like, that, you shouldn't be excited that that's the way you think some people are. <laughs> but does she like the term now? Yeah. She said, yeah, it's perfect. We can, ca- we st- can get stop that. Stop being happy about how perfect it is. It's- we can make it catch on. Yeah, I think we can. How do Hashta- I pa- Well, I mean- hashtag God'splain is, Godsplaining is a good one. Yeah. That might not go over so well in the Midwest. Why not? Oh, because it's like, that's, that's only for the Bible to do. You're a scientist. You live in the Midwest. I Where do, do you live? 
So I'm in Springfield, Missouri, at Missouri State University. Nice. Uh, I've been there for, for one of many. Uh, I've been there for two years. Before that, I was here in Pasadena, California. Mm-hmm. What do you like better? You don't need to answer that. Yeah, that's I can't probably, answer that cool. yet. But right. uh, no, there's pluses and minuses. The well, weather there is a bitch. Have you done shows there? Yeah, there? Missouri. There's shows everywhere, yeah. Kevin. The, I'm a bit of a <laughs> bit of a journeyman. You know what I mean? I'm a traveler. Yeah, I, was, I literally yes. was just there. I was in Arkansas, Oklahoma, and you were literally Kansas. just there. You were literally at your apartment. Let's not. Well, I mean, it depends on how big of a time frame we're talking. Like literally, I was just there. Well, now we have to redefine what "just" means. You're yes. gonna put a number on it. God's plan. <laughs> Gotta be quantitative. God. <laughs> God's plan. God's plan. Like you could be like the Roman army was ju- like we just had the Roman army. If you look, if you're like looking at the history of the Earth. <laughs> it's a relative. Yeah, that's true. So a 36-year-old man, I, I literally was just in Missouri because it was three weeks ago. <laughs> right. I was literally just a star. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I was, I was a nebulous cloud of hydrogen No, I actually only You still are, like, Kevin. If you visualize, like, time span and you stretch it out and you're like a dot on that span as you stretch it out, you would yeah. literally probably land right about where three weeks ago would be in terms of the great we, scheme of yeah, time. Yeah, we'd so land yeah, like you were where right there. multi-celled organisms started. You wouldn't even be able to tell the difference. Oh, yeah, Missouri didn't actually exist three weeks ago. So I don't know it's where true. you were performing. That's actually dude. something we think about, right? <laughs> it was. When we're it trying was. to find Earths around other stars. I was a krill. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> if we try looking for a planet like what we have today... Well, the Earth, like a couple billion years ago, looked nothing like the Earth looks like today, right? Because right. life has changed the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that with uh, with Jesse, Doctor Christensen. Christensen, and I, I said, yeah, we look at their sunsets, and she got upset. With she didn't get upset. It wasn't that, but she's like, she's a little annoyed. I think yeah, I when you're doing transit spectroscopy, sunrise and sunset. That was the both. problem. Yeah. Oh, that makes okay. How do you I know? I thought it was just like. I'm, stop trying to sweet talk me or whatever the hell she thought of. I don't know. How do you know so the wiggles? The how do you know yeah. the wiggles? Because you don't know the what the atmosphere is made out of. Like, how do you know how to uh, like stabilize those? Well, wiggles? we call that adaptive optics. It actually started off as a classified thing, and we actually today shoot lasers up into the atmosphere that make a sodium layer. I think what about 60 miles up in the Earth's atmosphere glow, and it creates an artificial star. Wow. And so we know where the artificial star should be, and we watch where we see it really fast, like many times a second. And so then we know how the light is getting distorted on the way back down to the ground. It's just a matter of time where that will be an iPhone app. <laughs> it's really? going to, to look yeah. at refracted Actually, light falling from the no, you can buy lasers on Amazon that are really powerful. You can buy you can adaptive <laughs> optic systems on Thor Labs, yep. for example. Yep. If you've you can got buy powerful lasers. Money. Yeah. That's what crazy. can they do? Like, well, they're, they're pretty. Uh, just about to ask that question. I'm not even sure it's safe to answer it. Do, That's are, how are they like hot is. though. Like, is it like? Zzz. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> can yeah. they buy like legitimate lasers? Yeah, they can it's fix my just, eye lasers. It's, <laughs> right? If fixed yeah. by blowout your eye, yeah, they but have can, those. Yeah. Can I like no. zoom zoom? <laughs> if a kid can build a nuclear reactor of some kind in his uh, backyard, of course. Yeah, yeah but this is shit online. you could buy on Amazon. Oh my god! Oh, you know how much fun that would be. The potential for a laser? Yes. Yeah, they're at the point now with uh, airplanes. They're just—they're not even trying to stop people from getting in. They're just like, 
airplanes have to be defensive now. They Can just, you get one that shoots like little laser bullets like on Lost in Space? So it's like pew, 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 mm, pew. Not like quite set yet. Set it on stun. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. Well, you could pulse them. It's just not going to have much of an impact. Uh, I like how. Probably just get a boner. <laughs> what I color like how is, a it? Laser <laughs> is it? Is it green or is it orange? I like <laughs> how things have always have kill or stun, which is like so weird because like wouldn't it, shouldn't it just be like kill or singe? Well, there's a humanitarian you know, I mean, way to laser somebody. But, I mean, there's some, what, there's some, like, just, it's a sleeping pill, but it also kills you. I mean, I don't, I never. I'm trying that. to figure out, okay, so you're wondering that there should be three levels? Like, kill, well, singe, and stun? Well, just every laser I've ever worked with, anything even resembling a laser, it's like, if it doesn't kill you, it burns a hole in something. That's your paradigm of your lasers from your time, bro. <laughs> the comedy <laughs> lasers don't work that way, just no, so you know. Like Star Trek <laughs> yeah. lasers. Yeah. They're on a different level. Yeah, it's a whole Very different Very advanced. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> the fictional laser, in other words. Yeah, well, it could happen. I you mean, know, they, they usually the shoot out just off center of the opening of the laser tree. Right. You know? I mean, <laughs> yeah. They just, for some reason, they're just like, it's a little luminous cloud of Rohypnol yeah, or something. It's, it's, it's called Star Wars. Wars. Our, our comedy <laughs> lasers make noise. It. I don't know about your lasers, but when you fire a comedy laser, they make a noise. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah, and it, for some reason, they're slower than sound. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like a laser's like, exactly. pew. Yeah, it's like, it's like you can capture it on film. Yeah, somebody did a calculation with the uh, the new Star Wars. There's this one scene where like uh, um, Hans fires the crossbow or something. This thing like very slowly moves out, and then like the stormtroopers are blown like 30 feet away. And so somebody did some physics calculation where they're like looking at well, given that it was moving like. 10 million, like meters per second, right. that thing would have to weigh like 80 pounds to, to have that kind of impact. Like, here's what's right. wrong with the That's whole funny. thing, right? And, and it never would throw you because I, isn't the, the physics behind it like it'll just go through you and doesn't transfer <laughs> yeah, much of what, momentum? Exactly. Like, why like, does no light momentum? Yeah, but the stormtrooper plastic is probably designed to repel the laser, so there ah, might right. be that yeah, yeah. For, like, a, like, a, like a flak jacket. No, the stormtroopers right. are all wearing vests of uh, C4. <laughs> so, so when they're hit by a laser, they, they just, just explode. Well, right. That's like exactly. in the video game where all the bad guys gather by the explosive barrels, right? And, and yeah. by the way, to offend everybody, the problem with the whole statement you made was you started by saying in the new Star Wars. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. It sucked Apologize. anyway. It sucked. It sucked. I liked it. I liked him. Not ashamed. I, for me, I just was not focusing on, on the little sucked. things like that. Like Stormtroopers have never taken one marksmanship class <laughs> like it's not the plot or the characters or the people actors for me it's like they miss all the time but they're disposable that's the point no I mean, but it's, it's like, like one marksmanship like just one class and how to shoot a gun yeah but you, you know what you think. sound like you know this is what you sound like you sound like somebody at a picnic and you're like you're taking all the sporks and you're breaking them. you're like these things aren't as strong as like uh, stainless no, but they're, steel. Dude, they're completely useless. You know, dude, they're not mild weather troopers. They're storm troopers. Like <laughs> yeah. the highest echelon of weather trooper you yeah. could be. You'd think there would be at yeah. least a class a involved. Good, yeah. It's not a partly cloudy trooper. <laughs> not at all. There is absolute fair weather. Yeah. Well, it, it's almost like they get in the way at that point. They're so ineffective. <laughs> you know, because like, yeah, it's, it's better. The people who could shoot are behind them. They're like, it would seriously be better just to have horses on fire running at people. Okay, but multiverse-wise, maybe just the entire Star Wars uh, franchise makes no sense in a universe where stormtroopers can fire. Well, that's like, the whole... where they can aim. 
the entire thing would end every no, movie. No, like, but right. So but, this but, is just one of the many universes where, like, hey, what if an entire army couldn't can't fight? shoot? Yeah, can't no, shoot. No, see, like, I'm down with one suspension of disbelief. I but was once, about to say that. But once you <laughs> establish exactly rules, you can't. Say. It's like you establish rules. They're trained soldiers. They have advanced weaponry, and they can't hit a barn. And it's like that is that doesn't follow the rules. All right, I got a counter argument to that. Let's hear it. Let's <laughs> say. You know, you look at our government, right? And there's right. a lot of inefficiencies in our government. Now imagine a government on a galactic scale. Mm. There's going to be a lot more inefficiencies there. That's a good there. point, actually. Mm, yes, the red tape yeah. would probably stretch a hell of a lot. Yeah, they maybe they that, can't aim very yeah, well because can, of all the regulations about how the guns are made. Although i got to say, that argument sounded a little episode one I don't know what the intergalactic gun control laws would be. <laughs> right. It got a little, you know, you a little into about, the, the real politic. Maybe I got a little too defensive <laughs> well, about see, but, Star Wars but there. But that also doesn't follow, that doesn't follow the givens because they, they can find the... Uh, Millennium Falcon in like a, a distance of a hundred million light years, but they can't teach a motherfucker how to shoot a laser. <laughs> right, exactly. But like they can't actually hit it. They like they find, find they find like these the little ship. Like how right. do they find that? They're like we we detected them, sir. They're in the Andromeda's whatever, but they can't fucking shoot a oh, gun. Oh, far far away, not right next door. Oh, all right. So Sector three twenty two B in the Colonus. I love region. Kevin's description. He's like, well, if I designed a universe. <laughs> it's like we're, we're, we're postulating here. I mean, like what I would do since I am God. God's plane. Uh, I wonder if there could be both, like God and science, where it's God is just like a, an algorithm that made one of the universes. Oh, tons of scientists. The Pope like thinks yeah, like so. It, it could almost like both be right. Are you oh, allowed like to talk about this? Or you, did you oh. have to sign something at Missouri? Where no, like, we're you, not a religious institution. Okay. We're in a very religious I just met your area. state. When you yeah, get into your state, do they... You're still allowed. It? Like, they're not going to kick you out of like the science club if you no. decide as long to as say, you don't like, call God them did stupid, part the Red Sea. Religious people aren't really that crazy. Just don't tell them they're dumb. Like, that's when they freak out. When you're like... Yeah, but it's just like... you think... Jesus made wine. You're fucking stupid. Like, then they'll flip out. <laughs> but it's just like mansplaining. That's just how I talk stupid. to people. Right. It's not because you of the religion. You just want to know grandma's in a better place, man. Right. <laughs> it's and that yeah. simple. Don't take that away just from don't him. take it away from I agree. Him. Just let him own that. Yeah, it's literally like going up to a four-year-old and being like, Santa is your mom. <laughs> <laughs> and Kevin's like, no, let him hurt. That's reality. <laughs> no, that's for Tooth fairy. I, I, Pete. I wanted to confront Sean a little bit more about that. Sean Carroll. What yeah. about? About the uh, the eternal life thing. Because he does that. He does these little he does these little uh, debates and says like like he did a debate with uh, I don't know some guy that will dub series voiceover where what was they the debate? debated it was debating life after death and like but the universe is big. I don't know. There might be a way to do it. You can't say it doesn't happen just because you're a scientist. Mm -hmm. so. Jewish, I'm already saved. Well, scientists are all about what we what we do know, and as long as you don't get attacked, rather have questions uh, that can't be answered than answers that can't be finished. Wait, what's the answer? We rather have questions that can't be answered than answers that can't be questioned. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a good quote. I, like I that. love that. Who said that? I have no idea. <laughs> I, mean, I read going, it. I, I, this got, guy, I picked it up on the internet. A, just how, like everybody else. He has an equation named after him. Were you here for that part? We'll get to that okay. in one second. Right. How funny would it be if that quote was said by someone who then was overthrown and killed in the streets? <laughs> 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 Where he's like trying to say this enlightened thing and everyone's like, oh yeah, so why are you in charge? Yeah. <laughs> Let's fuck his wife and kill his kids. <laughs> That's the that's the real world, Kevin. 
He's got a post up his ass. They're parading him down Main Street. Yeah, and everyone's like, fucking. Great quote. Yeah, it's a real great what quote. What else you got to say there, Ferdinand? Yeah. You know? Oh, that happened, right? I mean, look at it's uh, happened to time and time again. What are you joking? It's, it's Copernicus he didn't uh, release his work until he was on his deathbed, right? Yeah. And Bruno it just was burned two at the days stake. Ago. Where? Well, when they, you know, I mean, Bernie's that guy. He's the guy out there screaming shit that, and riling people up. I mean, there's just, it always happens. You always chastise the guy who fucking says bright shit. It says things that uh, everyone else won't want to yeah. say that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but mm-hmm. sometimes it's better to let the emperor think he has clothes on. I, I think I'm starting to, the older I get, the more I'm like, why does everyone have to be proven something? By like, the way, that's why I get along with my mom now. For totally. The record, she's got clothes. Yeah, there's so <laughs> many. Plus, I got to take a picture of her naked. And, Both and, of those. And I'm intelligent enough to know that there's definitely something about me that exists that I can't even possibly understand that I'm doing. So it's like everyone has shit. Yeah. Well, I'll give you an example of why the life after death thing in particular bothers me. Elon Musk came out this week and said that he thinks it's like 90% we're in a simulation. I don't. I think he's full of shit. But the How point do you is, get that number? I don't know. But that doesn't matter. The 90%? point is, like, the point is, if you are in a simulation, let's say that's true. Of course, you could have life after death because you could just start the simulation over again. So my claim is, we don't know enough about. Like he's right in thinking that it's a possibility that we're in a simulation, and you can't ever like figure that out from the rules of the simulation. I love that he thinks he can figure that out, but not how to not crash his spaceships. Right. <laughs> I mean, what, like, we're you all know what I mean? Our, like yeah. the hubris of this motherfucker. Uh, it's not science, though, Truman unless show. you can test it. Right. Yeah. Right. Until then, it's just speculation and philosophy. Well, yeah, but so then why do you... Uh, I mean, unless he walks yeah. into the, like the main control room where there's like, I don't know, what would it be? Three billion individual screens? Well, if you look well, at life from his perspective, yeah. uh-huh. right, he's one of the leading people in the world. And he's probably like, why am I this person? Yeah. Yeah. He's starting to get billionaires. Until he starts godsplaining to people. He's got yeah. billionaires <laughs> guilt that becomes scar tissue that becomes arrogance. Yeah. Right. And it, it could get a little scary. I mean, I can imagine him going like, yes, uh, I'm 90% sure we're in simulation. So you see, and he just takes out a gun. Right. If I kill this person right now on totally. TV, it won't matter, and we'll just all wake He's up. Meanwhile, the camera pulls out, and there's him and Mark Zuckerberg with like controllers in front of screens, like moving people around. Yeah, he becomes like, funny box in South Park. <laughs> I like, like, yes, I think there's a ninety percent chance everyone's in a simulation, and I'm controlling it with my friend Mark over here. Well, the nice thing about being a scientist, right, is the further along you get, the more you realize you don't know. Yeah. And the people that know everything, they don't, right? Yeah. But then they come up and like, how do you know the Earth's old? And you're like, oh, come on, man. You said you're, you're married? Yes. You wouldn't say that in front of your wife, right? <laughs> well, you got to tell, no, no, tell me about it goes, the... it goes wife scientist. Okay. Uh, you got to tell me about the, 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 the equation that you've uh, you got your name on. Yeah. So our sun, yeah. and it's radiation. We have uh, debris around our sun. Our solar system, in some sense, is still forming, right? Stuff is colliding, producing debris. It's a big construction zone. It's still not done. Yeah. Uh, and so that debris is tiny little solid particles, and they get affected by um, the light hitting it, and we call that pointing Robertson drag. Uh, and what I worked on was talking about the relevance of the stellar wind. So not only does light hit us from the sun, but protons and electrons and charged particles streaming out all the time. And so that actually creates another force acting on... Uh, those particles, and so I looked at the relevance of that force around other stars. And so that's what I did when I was a graduate student. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, wow. So uh, you could tell us about a thing that got really hot in the news, and we talked about it a little bit on Facebook. This so-called uh, like thing that went viral because somebody said it might be an alien superstructure. Oh, Tabby Star. Yeah, yeah, and you have all kinds of info on that because this is related to the formation of plants, and that's the thing you saw. You yeah, saw. Oh, I mean, to be honest, that is a mystery right now. Can you uh, tell us more about it? Because I tried looking for... The actual data that looked for I couldn't find that. Yeah, and then he the got internet. distracted by a porn session. <laughs> actual data means xvideos.com. If I you had to get back to work on my, what I study, I don't know. If you want the light curve of Tabby Star, there are two places to get it. The NASA Exoplanet Archive uh-huh. and the Mikulski Archive. Uh, it's called MAST. Uh-huh. Can you tell us what it what's going down with this? Like, there's an alien structure. No. <laughs> so wait, can I ask a real quick question? Because sure. I've asked a lot of questions before you got here. I wanted to. I'm continually want to educate myself. When you say exoplanets, what are you referring to? Talking about a planet that orbits a star besides our sun. Besides our sun, so something outside our solar system. That's right. Okay, I just want to make sure. Yeah. Thank you. So th- this is Tabby's star was discovered with the Kepler mission. Okay. And it was actually first noticed by amateurs because it wasn't doing what we would expect a planet transiting a star to do. It was changing in brightness irregularly. Because normally it's like, it's bright, then there's a dip, and, and the then dip, it goes And it repeats. Uh, and, and Oh, every time the star goes around. Every time yeah. the planet goes around the star. What planet, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then uh, this star, on the other hand, uh, was every so often dimming, and it had this one event where it dimmed by over 20%. Uh, and which then is a lot. Which right? is a lot. Planets are not that big, right? Right. So it's actually geometry, right? The you figure the size of the thing has to be, you know, you assume a, a circular shape, and so the amount of light it has to block is related to the ratio of the areas, the area of the surface of the star that you see, and area of whatever this is is blocking that starlight. Uh, and Kepler, unfortunately, only looks at one wavelength of light. Of all of them combined, actually, and invisible. It's very broad. Uh, coverage of Which different is one colors of its, light. Uh, specialties uh, from away from for optimizing Hubble. it to yeah. find exoplanets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's different from Hubble. But uh, <clears throat> you know, if it happens to be a solid object, then it should block the same amount of red light from the star as it does blue light from the star. Um, and no one's been able to see whether that's true or not yet. So we're waiting for the next big dip. Uh, and if how often do they happen? They've been every few hundred days. Like uh, I think the next one will be in 2017. Oh, if, so whatever if this it does, is, it's like it's going it around. Might fast. repeat. Okay. We've seen like two really strong events, and but there are all sorts of substructure, right? Mm-hmm. And we've seen systems like this before, where it's a, a, a proto-Saturn system. So where there were lots of little dips, and it looked like a ring system, uh, or of a, around a planet orbiting another star. This doesn't do that. The the dips are random uh, and don't make much sense from that kind of model. And so the only possibility that it is contrived that makes sense is that it's a bunch of comets that have smashed into each other and created this huge debris field around the star. And the one way to show that's true, well, there's several ways, but one of the ways to show that's true is to see how much red light it blocks to compared to green light compared to blue light. Oh, and okay. small particles actually have a characteristic signature. They will absorb blue light more than red light. Why was there less green light? I mean, for people who don't know, white light is made up of three colors, red, green, and blue. Which sure. I'm guessing is what you're referring yeah, to that. when you're saying the light comes the rainbow. the star. The rain, yeah. Right. So why would less green light 
be covered than or than blue and red. So it has to do with the size of the stuff blocking it, right? So light actually has a characteristic wavelength. It, it oscillates back and forth. And so the... Like, like hundreds of nanometers. Like yeah, we're yeah. talking about 0.5 microns, 500 nanometers. So, so if it's a small, tiny particles of dust, just a lot of it, Mm -hmm. Right. It turns out that the amount of light that gets absorbed is related to how big those particles are. Mm -hmm. uh, and but so, if it's a planet blocking it, it's, it's just all the same. If it's a solid same. structure, yeah. it should be the same every color. So if it's aliens, mm. it's all the same color. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think it's there's uh, aliens out there? Well, one thing's for certain. This star is unique. Right. There's nothing else like it among 200,000 stars that Kepler looked at for four years. Uh, and there's no indications that's a young star where we would expect there to be a lot of debris, right? When you first build a house, that's when you have a lot of debris. You don't find a lot of leftover uh, construction materials around a house that's 20 years old. Oh, interesting. So but, how is it unique? Like, what, what makes it unique? Because it's the only star that's doing these kind of dips that's not a young star. Uh, and we've also looked for something called an infrared excess, so that dust that absorbs the light likes to heat up and then glows at thermal wavelengths. And it heat, glows in the infrared, which is light that's redder than red. And we haven't seen that yet either. So do you hypothesize then that like maybe these dips are caused by perhaps a purge in some, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean it could be some kind of massive. Something dragging something. Could it could be like volcanic that, action? Yeah, or something, It could yeah. be some kind of massive collision that took place and we just happened. So it's so rare that but we just happened to catch this one. That's my favorite. Because I, I did this calculation where I took like the mass of the Earth and then I said, let's just take that and turn it into like kind of a flat disk. And it comes out to about the amount of, of yeah. So uh, we'll know pretty soon. That's but when I sent you a message about that. I was like, dude, here's this idea I have. His question, I mean, you answered his question pretty directly when you were saying, like, well, this star, is there's nothing like it. When he said, you think there's aliens out there. So uh, is what you're saying basically that because of the, uh, the variance in activity that you guys are getting from this star, that you think there might be perhaps some sort of life force? It's certainly not ruled out yet. Interesting. But do you think that there's life on other planets? Well, so since I study exoplanets, right, one of area of exoplanet science is look astrobiology. He has this look on his face <laughs> for me. What? I'm being a professor now, aren't I? Right. Yeah. 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 But uh, astrobiology is the study of the prospects of life uh, out yeah. there, right? Awesome. The one thing that we've answered in your lifetime, and certainly in your lifetime, uh, is that we've found hey. tens of billions of planets around other stars, right? right? We now know that planets are common around other stars. That wasn't something that necessarily had to be true. We, you know, we fantasized about it in Star Trek and Star Wars, but we now know that's a fact. So when you say planets around other stars, I notice you're not actually saying solar systems. Is there a reason why you don't refer to it that well, way? Well, we call them exosolar systems. Exosolar systems yeah. would be anything There's that precise of... terminology okay, again, so the jargon. Then, but that's fine then. So you, you're discovering then there are lots of exosolar systems. Huge numbers, right? In our galaxy alone, there could be you know, 40 billion planets that are roughly the size of the Earth and roughly the right distance from their stars. In that, the Milky Way. In the Milky Way, that if they had water on that surface, that water would be liquid. But I was listening to this radio lab, I think, about how rare, it, like, the odds of uh, single cell to multi-cell is just astronomical. Right. So that's the other part of it, right? So we now know that these plants are common. Right. Uh, we haven't found the nearest ones yet. 
But the next question NASA is looking to answer, and all exoplanet scientists, or not all, I should say, I shouldn't generalize, but they're trying to answer, are these plants capable of supporting life? So what's in their atmospheres? Do they have liquid water? How common is sunset water thing again? But so like the set, single, the single sunrise. cell, for sure. There's like, there's life on Mars now just because of the rover. Like, right, and not only that, they said it's that, not necessarily alive. They though. said with the water of now. Correct dead, me if I'm wrong. Two weeks ago or three weeks ago, I was I saw there's life on Mars from the rover. That the, the amount of water they said that that might be on Mars is it's not much. It's only the equivalent of like a very small stream. They're saying like there, there's actually a decent amount of water on Mars. It's just frozen in the soil, right? Right. Mars used to be wet. Uh, another good puzzle for planetary science. Which means there's life there because water. Supports. Well, see, that's we just don't know right now. Like you put all the conditions together. You God can bring damn it, a, get someone there, man! Jesus that's crazy. Crazy. You, you, you can bring oh, yeah. the horse to water, but you can't make <laughs> him drink, right? You right. can give all the conditions that are right for life, and we know that comets carry all these amino acids and all these chemicals that are the the foundation for for things like RNA and DNA, but and proteins and all this other stuff that I'm not a biologist, but we know that stuff is out there. We know the planets are there, all the materials there, but we just don't know. And I'm okay with saying I don't know yet whether Elon or not Musk life will come out. Elon Musk claims to know a lot of shit, but he can't yeah. prove. Yes, he does. Yeah. And if uh, you don't agree with that, Elon, you can be on the show and debate it with us. That's fine. He's like, I made the show in my mind. The only thing that's real is my hate. So um, that's cool, man. I, I just think because what are those uh, organisms that can survive in a vacuum? And they're uh, like, tardigrades, right? Yeah. The water bears, yeah. The water bears. Favorite of the show. I love those. Yeah. Yeah, and the fact that, well. Those things are probably just crawling on the outside of like every space probe. Well, theoretically, this is their planet, not ours. <laughs> so the idea that you're getting <laughs> you know has I mean? called panspermia, right? Oh, which yeah. Is panspermia. A, yeah. And also a favorite of the show. Which yeah. is very hard to do. Between stars, pretty much impossible. You think? Mm. Yeah. Why? Why do you think so? Radiation shielding. Eh. Don't you think some are designed to make it through? I just don't think they'll survive the radiation, right? So life isn't designed really to survive in space. Mm, some are. Eh, what about some that are. bear thing we're talking about? Yeah, bear thing's pretty hardy. Isn't there an existential question about that? Is that when st- that it was it a Designed to survive in space insinuates that there was an actual plan Ooh, or design. Pin me on that one. With regards <laughs> to life and its relationship to what we call outer space. Yeah, design was probably a poor word choice on Sorry. my part. He was throwing jabs and he just threw a haymaker. <laughs> like he's like, so what do you mean no, by star? And I then really finally, <laughs> you just got him to like kind of admit that he thinks that there's uh, he's kind of a creationist. So. So yeah, <laughs> no, no. like you flipped him. That's some judo shit. That's pretty funny. So with respect <laughs> to the radiation to, thing, just, designed. You know, this is kind of my. <laughs> this is kind of my specialty. With respect to the radiation thing, though, I mean, a comet that's just one kilometer in diameter is completely yeah, good shielding. That, I mean, it's very if little you could space. get life more than a meter below the surface, which is certainly plausible, then... Oh, they, they, they find it, it like, star. kilometers down in caves and everything. That's where they yeah. want to hang anyway. Yeah. Tons well, of Well, let's, let's go to Europa and find out, right? Yeah, absolutely. He thinks there's life on Europa. Yeah, I'm pretty... I'm, 
What do you extraordinary think? claims are going to require extraordinary evidence. Putting my science hat on, uh-huh. right? But not just, on a podcast. <laughs> but they found like silicon-based life on Earth, right? Like, isn't there uh, the a, arsenic you're talking about? Yeah, yeah arsenic. Or yeah, whatever. no, I think like that was pretty lake. much refuted. It was bunked. Hmm. It was debunked. But that's how but is science it possible works. to have life-based, non-carbon-based life? Possible. Why not? I don't know. What would be the, I mean, how, what would be the survival? Well, so carbon-based life is probably the way to go because carbon is so much more abundant right. There's than a anything lot of else. From the CNO yeah. cycle. Yeah. Um. So it's just the most likely outcome. It's certainly, you know, with 100 billion galaxies and each one containing 100 billion stars and you know, every one of those having a 1 in 10 chance of a potentially habitable planet for life as we know it, it's pretty hard odds to beat. Right. Bet against. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Just let me dream, man. I know. <laughs> I really do. I think there's life. You out can there. dream. We'll work on solidifying the numbers, right? Just don't kill my dream, man. <laughs> <laughs> I want other life. But we are going to know. There's life. I don't want to be alone. I like you said, I it's like either. just scientists, just don't kill my dream. Yeah. Don't kill my dream. Well, and also, that- can you cure me of cancer if I get it? <laughs> Part of I me never wants- said that. I don't get cancer because I, I, I treat myself right. A lot of water hydrating. <laughs> right? Right, side. That's what you need, water, right? The day I need help from any of you eggheads. <laughs> the day I put a bullet in my own fucking head. I'm just kidding. It's literally I'm doing a character. Yeah. Can oh. you do that without zinc? That's a good question, reference. Yeah. My parents are professors. I know the vibe. I was God's way in my entire life. <laughs> so do you have any my advice for my two-year-old son? He's going to grow up to be a great guy. Okay. Like me. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll be God's way in the first 18 yeah, years of his life. And he'll just start, it's, it's the cycle of violence. Exactly and then right. he's going to be like, well... He'll start every sentence like that. <laughs> well, oh, if we look at, like, like just using little words like we, very condescending. He will not say Well, design. if we think about the reason behind it, it's like, I just want to know if I could go outside. <laughs> well, outside is a very... Yeah. Well, according to Upton Sinclair, it's the jungle. <laughs> Shut the fuck up! <laughs> Owen also just became a father. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. Thanks, man. I made life on Earth with my dick. <laughs> because there's water, and we're in the right distance from the sun. <laughs> and you have a thumb. Yeah. And uh, we've been getting a lot of light that wasn't reflected by green, so I know it wasn't rubble. And I'm just trying to show you that I listen. I'm just trying to show you I listen. The smaller particles, uh, yeah, they do a different uh, reflection or uh, whatever. Sure. You listen. I got scattering. You. Yeah. Scattering, I think. Blue, red. Yeah. Yeah, scattering. Yeah. Because they're smaller. <laughs> yeah. And it's not That's called That's the interesting thing about astronomy, though, right? We're talking about the realm of the universe, uh-huh. right? Just these enormous spatial scales, but then we care about the things that are smaller than what we can see, right? The, the role that quantum mechanics plays in making the, the, the spectrum of the different colors of things that we see, and then at the same time, it covers all the scales of the universe. I just thought of a good meme for you. My son's on the spectrum, but it's a son. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I like it. My son's on the spectrum. Light spectrum. 
I didn't mean hashtag, to cut you off, but I had, I had to Kepler. <laughs> yeah, my son's on the spectrum. I like it. That is good. That is really that good. That is rich. Yeah, the thermal spectrum, yeah. Thermal, that's, that's the one because it's more than light. You know, that's we're going, we're like, going all the way to gamma. I get it. That's going to be like an <laughs> MIT license plate that comes out soon, you know, or something. Yeah, but then they'll find out who said it and they take it off their car because they're like, <laughs> that dumb man said it. That comedian who <laughs> can't yeah. be smart. He only has his bachelor's degree. <laughs> Like Nobody a, calls you dumb man. I, every time I say like, like somebody's like, "Hey, you know," and that's like, by the way, that's like a lot of people. That's their first thing they say to me. Nice. Just, eh, I like that. Yeah, uh, okay. I know that hurts your ego <laughs> tremendously. For even though if that were reversed, I take it as a compliment. All right, go on. All right. All right. I prefer like, "Hey, you're that science guy," but no, it's, "Hey, you're friends with Owen." Anyway, one of the things people always say then they go, "A great man," by the way. But go on. <laughs> Like they someone go, you want to be hey, associated with. Absolutely. Owen's a smart guy. I'm like, yeah, oh, thanks, man. We covered that because I'm, uh, I'm like, friends, so. I'm system smart. I'm big picture smart. <laughs> but once you start getting in the micro, I start being like, so it's like bread? <laughs> but I'm good at the big picture no, stuff. No, you also have good listening skills. To be honest, like, I mean, look, we're comics, you know, so we can stand around with a bunch of boneheads for three hours and yeah. do nothing but, you know, pitch you know the stupidest ideas you ever heard and still laugh at them but there's that other side to us that at least for me like i need to be cranially stimulated even in that circle so i somehow gravitate towards guys like you and brett ernst and you know like somebody with you know some kind of ability to form a sentence and actually have an idea behind it supported by facts thanks man I got a haircut today. Yeah. When you yeah, and you when still you look like Adolf Hitler. Exactly. <laughs> you still look like my fourth grade teacher. The dude's Mexican. I'm part Jewish. He's full-blown Jewish. You know, I don't so we're play. not exactly a hate group. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying you have a fucking Hitler cut. You know. It's a good-looking cut. I'm sure it wasn't intentional. I, was I just mean, you ran into a problem in Kentucky when you went into a barbershop. You want to tell that story? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I went in there, and uh, it was... Just wanted a haircut, and the first question they asked is like, "So, what do you think of Obama?" First thing, uh, just right at like before they even start, and it's like, "Well, you know, he's he's the president. Like, we don't take kindly to Obama." I'm just swearing. They say, about about to I'm do not a single blade shave on him. He's working the blade just, on the yeah. leather. So, how and about it turns that out, like everyone there, they just sit there. One of them was from the the Navy, learned a haircut. They started this little shop, and they just sit there waiting. Why did you go in there? I got two words well, was, for you. Uh, Super cuts. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, corporate places aren't allowed to be like, what do you think of that fag broccoli shit? Yeah. <laughs> like, like that, that is like you went to like, like you went to the shadiest I have family shop. in Kentucky, and they were like, oh, that one's great. Well, says, what, what, the fuck what was, the was it called? Kentucky? I need to know the name of the barber shop. Was it, it was, like I was like it was like Joe's, right, or something? Yeah, like but that. it wasn't Joe's. It was, it was like Mong Mong Cuts. <laughs> Leroy. No, it was like Leroy. There Leroy's. you go, like uh, Irv's. Yeah, Irv's cuts. <laughs> Irv's cuts. Yeah, Southern white guys with super black names <laughs> are the craziest. The craziest. And by the way, all <laughs> like, those guys who hate it's like Obama. I'm Daryl. Right. I'm fucking I mean, Leroy. It's like okay, guys. They're all now paying a dollar ninety-seven for gas. They all have health insurance. Insurance, and they hate the guy that gave it to him. Yeah, we won't have to get political. No, I mean their argument. I'm not. I like Obama personally, but their argument would be like that we're now 19 trillion dollars in debt. Yeah, well, okay, let's not go. We can't even. See what I'm saying? Yeah, yes, it's, because it's set up so that you can never. Okay, I figured out today that that you can't hate hipsters because hating hipsters 
is a hipster move. Yeah. So it's a, it's a feedback hipsters. loop. It's a feedback loop. Yeah, but who? You know, I, I hate, like what I hate let's not just Let's not talk about politics. That's automatically an invite. Like, why don't you want to talk about exactly. politics? Yeah. yeah that's exactly. No, because that's, that's a social cue that you're an intense Republican. <laughs> <laughs> because the liberals always front load every conversation because they think that it, they're showing everyone how good they are. That's why they're like, let's talk politics. I want everyone to have all the money. And everyone's yeah. like, great. And I'm a fucking liberal, but that shit makes me uh, sick. Right. And like, less, that's why I said, oh, let's not do this, because I don't want to say, I think everyone should have all the money. And then everyone in the room go, what? Yeah, but I don't really care. I just, for me, like, I hate hipsters, but that makes me a hipster. That's true. It's like yep. politics have this. It's like, like the coolest thing you can right, do. Right, exactly. So the only people. They all agree. The They're only like, people yeah, that could. Yeah, because it's, <laughs> it's being shitty against a subculture. That's a hipster move. So that the only people that can actually criticize a hipster are people that don't care about hipsters. So they never will. So that makes them shielded to all criticism, which is fucking genius. And <laughs> politics has the same shit. Every argument has a counter argument ready to go. And so we're just dancing out this fucking stupid dance all the time. Uh, there's a that's like the legal system, right? I mean, there's mm -hmm. always counter arguments, but the scientific process is different than that to tie it back. No, actually, you know what? What he just described, literally, if you go back and watch the OJ trial, that's exactly what it was. Oh, totally, because both totally. sides, it's like, okay, so, uh, well, because they were trying different things. And one was, one was trying, other. they were trying the police department, and the other was trying a murderer. Yeah. So it's like our political system set up the same way. Exactly. So that's why, like, I see both sides. I mean, Trump talks like he's a meth head. Maybe that's an alarming problem. <laughs> but, like, the, the, old, the old argument is now, like, kind of washed. It was just big government, small government, like, conservative, liberal. Now it's, like, this crazy person that doesn't make sense against this fucking sociopath, you know? Right. And this has been Surely You're Joking. <laughs> <laughs> a late night version at the Improv. Uh, thank you, Peter. Professor <laughs> oh, Peter wait, Did that just end the show? That yes, it, it did. Yeah, we did our whole thing. Yeah, thanks yeah. for having me on. Yeah, Next thanks. time I'm in town, I'll have yeah, fun. Thanks for coming. Thank you, Richard. For Absolutely. Dinner. And I'm glad that you're moving to L.A. Yeah. Sort of. No, <laughs> I'm you? here, dude. I got an apartment. I live here right. now, and, full uh, time. So when Next I week, Irvine Improv, uh, I think Tuesday night, the 14th, Comedy Juice, Irvine Improv. Oh, sweet. Comedy Juice. I didn't know Comedy Juice. And if I could just great. plug, I'm yes. teaching a graduate level exoplanets class in the fall at Missouri State University. That's awesome. So, yeah. And you can improv. audit it. You can audit it if you, you live in Missouri it. or you like driving. Or you, hey, tuition's you can cheap ID there, you know. it if you like driving. <laughs> Hey, give it a thought. Tuition's pretty cheap there. And, even if you're uh, out of state. Even if you're out of state, yeah. That's cool. Cost of living here is like twice as much. You're not going to do like a Skype feed for it or anything, so you could like... Hey, you know, if you want it, I'll do it. And uh, political science professor... Uh, Professor Owen Benjamin. There's a Thank lot I guys. don't know about politics. <laughs> I don't know most of it. I didn't know what a filibuster was till like a week ago. Okay. That being said, when I state a fact, it's because I know it. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Go fuck yourself, Kevin. All right. Is that is so? That I will plug? be at the Hollywood Improv headlining Saturday night, June eighteenth. Headlining awesome. Gotham Comedy Club in New York City, June twenty fourth through the twenty sixth. Go to hugepianist.com for details and tickets. Good times. And then my other podcast, Why Didn't They Laugh, is out there. Uh, my, uh, this week's episode is fucking insane. Ben Glebe and Scour Stone almost got in a fight on the show. It yeah, was I really emotional. I haven't listened to it yet, but it sounds exciting. It literally so is emotional. Like I almost like Skyler's I was kind of really? a, a, a emotional guy. Scour is an emotional. We guy. We all are, man. Follow me, KP Hickerson on Twitter. 
Oh yeah, I'm Richard Chassler. Everything, Twitter, Facebook, everything. Oh, everything. You got it's all thing. Richard. You have a Twitter? Oh, yeah, I'm on Twitter. It's Plav Chan. Okay, we can tweet. Yeah. Yeah. To you, so you we can sure tweet can. at you. I'm not on Twitter because I'm a grown up. I got something like 400 <laughs> followers. That's not bad I'm just kidding. for a professor. I'm, I love Twitter. This has been surely you're joking. Twitter. <laughs> <laughs>